Good morning. Oh, good. Um, we're looking today at Samuel 2, chapter 6, and we're looking at verses 3 to 15 and 20 to 22. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, who was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, tambourines, rattles, and cymbals, a bit like here. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah, and to this day that place is called Perazuzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom the Jittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Jittite for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark, <coughs> I'm sorry, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf wearing a linen earpod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. When David returned home to bless his household, Michelle, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the safe girls and his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in mine own eyes. But by these slave girds you spoke of, I will be held in honor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Um, sorry, my fault. Um, serves me right for not putting it on sooner. Um, yes, I'm Rachel. Nice to meet you. Some of you may know me, some of you may not. I've been part of St. Jude's for a while now. Um, if you're new or if you're visiting, then you might not know that at the moment we're doing a series on the life of David. And we're looking at the books of 1 and 2 Samuel. 
This week, we move for the first time to 2 Samuel. Um, And that's important because in 2 Samuel chapter 5, um, which we're not looking at today, um, David finally becomes king. I don't know about you, but for ages I've been like, right, we talked about David being anointed and becoming king weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Sometimes I'm a bit like, has that happened? Have I missed that? You haven't, but it has happened now. And... um, So as we look at 2 Samuel verse 6, we now know that David is finally king. And we're looking at 2 Samuel chapter 6, and we're talking about the presence of God. Okay. So the presence of God. Let's just pray before we begin. Father God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you have gifted your presence to us, that we may enter into it. As we look this morning at this passage from Samuel, please would you help us to be reminded of the joy and the privilege it is to be able to spend time in your presence. Amen. So, if you could spend time with anyone, say I come up to you and I say, look, your afternoon is clear, whatever you've got planned, it's all been cancelled, you can choose one person you get to spend this afternoon with. I wonder who that would be and how you'd react to seeing them. Anyone got a gut reaction that they want to share? Who would you like to spend some time with? Nobody knows. There's no one that you'd be excited to meet or to spend some more time with. David Beckham, yeah. Really sorry. I can't make any of this happen. This is, but you know, good choice. Your sister? Anyone? Your mum? Grandchildren? Yeah, daughter, far away, too far away. Yes, your best friend. These, for various reasons, are people that we love. One way or another, they're people that we love and we would long to spend time with. It's interesting to think about who those people are. The people we respect, the people we love, the people we long to spend time with. In whose presence would we choose to be? I'm just going to be honest now. I've had a tough week, or not a tough week, a sad week on behalf of other people who are hurting, and I probably will cry. So I'm just putting it out there, I'm okay, but I probably will cry. The last couple of weeks, God has been showing me and reminding me what a privilege and a joy it is to be able to spend time with people that you love. And you might be thinking, silly emotional woman, isn't that really obvious? Obviously, we like spending time with time with the people that we love. But it's easy to forget 
what a privilege it can be, isn't it? I wonder if any of this rings true to you. I've got some friends, a group of friends, who I love. But flip, is it hard to make time to see? Because there's four couples and we're all busy. We all have two children. And the idea of getting us all together, particularly for a day, um, it's, it's just hard work. It's just really hard work to make time to see one another. Or maybe there's people you wanted to see, but actually they, they bailed on you, they cancelled plans a couple of times. It's a bit frustrating. You're a bit annoyed with them. It's hard work to make time to see them. They don't seem like they're that interested in you, so should you bother? Or maybe you've got um, people you live with, children, that, that just ask the same thing of you all the time. Zach, at the moment, my two-year-old, um, his favorite thing is to say is, me want pictures. It doesn't matter what he's already doing. It doesn't matter if the telly is on for Thomas, which he loves and has asked for. It doesn't matter if you're reading a book with him. It doesn't matter if he, you have made him the best train track. He still will turn to you and say, me want pictures on your phone. Probably of toy horses or farm animals or Thomas trains, even when Thomas is on the telly. Um, me want pictures, and that can get really old. But if we take a step back, those friends who it's really hard to see, they're still making time to see me. Those people who have cancelled or who are a bit difficult, they still want to make plans again. Zach, who constantly wants to show me pictures, wants me to show him pictures, wants me to teach him what it is to live in this world. What a joy and a privilege it is to spend time with people. It might not be easy, it might be repetitive, but what a joy. And the reality is, as I'm sure you all know, the time we have to spend with people won't last forever. It's not guaranteed, and it will come to an end. And when we grasp this and really remember it, during the time we spend with people, I wonder whether it would change our interactions with them. I go back to work this week after a year and a bit off on maternity leave. I'm only going to work part-time two days a week. Most weeks I'll still have three days with my boys. But this week has been different and I have made the most of every second Days where I would have just spent at home, we've gone out, we've done something fun, and I've had more joy and more grace for them because I know that this week I won't get as much time with them. I was quicker to be joyful and I had more grace on offer. I wonder what it would look like to spend time with people really knowing that it's a privilege to be with them there. An image that came to mind for me um, was of Zach. So Zach is my eldest and he's two, and I have a little, another little boy called Joshua who is one. And this week marked a year since Joshua left the hospital. 
Joshua came a bit early and was a bit unwell, and he spent four weeks in the hospital. Zach was only 18 months old. He couldn't say very much. He had a handful of words, including bubba, bus, mama, and dada, and maybe a few more. The day we left the hospital with Joshua, um, we knew we were getting towards that stage, but they don't want to get your hopes up, so they don't tell you. And suddenly they're like, hey, you can go home today, <laughs> which is amazing, but also like, oh my goodness, I am not ready for this. But do you know who was ready for that? My little Zach, 18 months old, couldn't tell me he was ready, couldn't tell me he was excited. If I'd been more organized, I'd have had a picture on the screen, but I have got a picture of Zach holding Rob's hand, my husband, and Rob is holding, in the other hand, a car seat with Joshua in. And I kid you not, Zach is running out of the NICU. He is racing with a beam on his face, and I know that what he's thinking is, I get to take him home, and I don't have to bring him back. He's coming home with me. I don't have to come up the, on the bus and spend a snitch of time with him. I get to take this baby home, and he stays with me. The joy of spending time with people we love. And if this is our experience with other humans, I wonder, is it possible that this is our experience with God? Have we forgotten what a privilege it is to spend time in the presence of God? We see in 2 Samuel chapter 6 how David responds to being able to be in God's presence. He gathers, I can't remember, 30,000, 30,000 men he gathers to himself and is like, right, we are going and we're going to get the Ark of the Covenant from Judah and we're bringing it back to us. The Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God, was where God had promised to dwell. I don't have time to go into it, but in Exodus 25, it's verse 8, it says, Have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. God dwelt with the Ark, and David sends 30,000 men to go and get that Ark, and we read that he does it celebrating. They have all sorts of musical instruments. They're singing, and they're dancing, and they're full of joy to be restored receiving and retrieving the presence of God. It's important. The presence of God is precious. And they celebrate. And it's right to celebrate before God, as we did this morning. It is right to celebrate in his presence. And then there's this bit in the middle that ideally I'd like to just gloss over. And I don't have time to go into it like at length, any of it, but I am going to mention it. We then have, I'm going to say his name wrong, Yuzar, who um, sees the oxen stumble carrying the cart, and he reaches out to steady it. And then we read that because of his um, irreverent act, um, he is struck down dead by God. He thinks he's helping, but he is irreverent, and he dies. And so we need to remember this morning that it is right to have the right reverence when we're in the presence of God. I looked up the word reverence for those who are interested. Deep respect and honor were the words that came up. It is right to respect the presence of God and to have honor for it. 
God is holy and it's by his grace alone that we're invited to enter his presence and so we must respect that. But thankfully, we are invited into his presence. So that scares David and he sends the ark of the of God to someone else because he doesn't want to be near it, just in case. And then he hears that those people have been richly blessed by God. And so he goes, oh, actually, I think I'll have that back then. That can come and be with me. And he does, and he brings it back, and he carries on celebrating and dancing before the Lord. And he says, I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Again, I like a dictionary definition. Undignified, making yourself look silly, losing other people's respect, especially because of not being controlled, serious, or calm. He didn't care what other people thought, because what mattered was God, and what God thought, and being in his presence. I wonder if we can worship that freely. Whether we feel we're able to come to God and to be ourselves, and be honest before him. So I've really quickly skimmed, I'm really sorry, but, but um, what, what's in the passage about, about David being in the presence of God? Um, so what does that mean for us? Well, we have the honor of living in a different time to David. God's presence no longer dwells in just one place. Instead, by the gift of the Holy Spirit, God dwells with those who follow Jesus and who love him. We can continually be in the presence of God. Let's not forget what a privilege that is. Let's choose to be present there in that place. One of the books I read said that the Ark of God had been where it was before David collected it for 20 years. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I don't know the history well enough. But for 20 years, David didn't bother to go and get the Ark of God. Are we seeking God? Are we seeking him out the way he finally, David finally did? Are we choosing to be in that presence? Or are we too scared? Like David was when Uzzah died. What are we afraid might happen in the presence of God? On the other hand, are we too familiar? Do we take for granted that God's presence is with us? And do we give God the proper honor and reverence he deserves? These are questions that I'm asking myself as well as you. I don't expect anyone to answer, but these are things for us to think about so that we might be able to fully enter into God's presence and receive the gift that the full gift that God has on offer for us are we willing to be undignified before God I don't know if you need this but in the past I have so can I give you permission this morning to be yourself before God always but particularly this morning as we come back to worship as we come to communion. Forget the people around you and what they might think of you. You have permission to be yourself before God, 
to sing and to dance, to pray, to speak in tongues, to sit silently. Whatever it is that you want to do before the Lord, you have permission to do that because God wants you to be yourself and to be honest and to be real with him. And that might mean joining in and dancing. What a joy. But it also might mean, like it did for me earlier this week, sitting in bed and crying out to God for the people who are hurting in my life. Both are good, both are right and proper. Because it's the every day that God is with us. He's given us his Holy Spirit. But it's also the special. It's when we come together and we gather in the presence of God and we seek him out. You know, we talk about quality over quantity or quantity over quality. And I just think that God wants both. He wants to give us quality time and he wants to give it in abundance. We don't have to have one or another with God. The presence of God is available. Let's enter it. And let's also not only remember what a privilege it is to be before God, but let's remember what a privilege it is to be with our friends, our family, our loved ones, our work colleagues, the people that God has brought into our lives. Let's be a bit more Zach and go running with them, taking them with pure joy as we enter into their presence. After all, David didn't only bring the presence of God back to himself, but he brought it back to his people, that they might all enter God's presence together. May we enter God's presence now. May we live in it, and by doing so, may we be able to bring it to those who are around us. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that it's a privilege to be in your presence. We thank you that it's a privilege to spend time with people. People that you know, that you love, that you've created. Please, God, may we enter more freely into your presence. May we know more of you and the goodness and the blessing that comes when we spend time with you. That we might live rich and full lives because of you and your presence. And for those who are hurting, Lord, for those who don't know your blessing right now, please would you come and meet with them, Lord, too. Would you bring comfort and peace in the name of Jesus, as well as joy. Amen.